It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, everybody. It is still Thursday night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined, as always, for our Steelers post-game show by Paul Zeiss, Post-Gazette Sports Columnist, after a 20-16 Steelers victory against the Tennessee Titans at Akershire Stadium. Uh, Paul, quite the exciting ending there, uh, but the, the Steelers, I thought, looked as good as they have all season offensively tonight in terms of the play calling, in terms of the play mixing. Um, I thought it was a good night for Matt Canada. Execution-wise, I think they fell short a little bit. Um, some overthrows by Kenny Pickett, some uh, the George Pickens, you know, failing to, to get the second foot down on that would-be touchdown pass. Um, those stick out as the glaring errors to me tonight, Paul, but I think there were a lot of things that they could build on tonight. What was your overall assessment of this game? Um, it seems like it's Groundhog Day, Adam, with this team. Watching these games, it's the same exact game every single week for me. It's just I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. They play these teams, and you know Tennessee is what they are, and it's it's just kind of a slog. And you know, for all we're talking about, I'm sure about how great their offense was and everything Matt Canada did and everything else in this and that everything they needed to you know those what three minutes left to, to, to score 20 points. Um, uh, the, the one good thing is they actually scored 20 points today as opposed to seven from the defense and 13 from the offense. But, um, I, I just can't, I, I, this team, I, honestly, um, I just can't get all that excited about this team. I never, I, I never, you know, they're five and three. It's wonderful. I think that five and three is a lot more of a statement about how bad the league is than anything else. Because to me, this team is so hard to watch. These games are so boring till the end. And, and, and they played basically a mirror image team on the other side that kind of same kind of team that wants to run it and run it and run it and run it and try and win with defense and win in the end. And Adam, I don't know, man. I just have watched this team too many. We've watched it eight times this year. I've watched it eight too many times for me. Uh, to your point, though, they looked a little better on offense. But why does every freaking drive have to be 14 plays in order to score? I don't understand. They didn't get nothing easy. You know the kid. The kid fell down on the little play, on the on the one long pass to Deontay Johnson on the sideline. But other than that, everything is roll out, throw it three yards, throw it sideways three yards, run it three yards, run it four yards, run it three yards. I, I just, I mean, I, I just, it, I can't with this team. It's just so hard. Uh, if they won, uh, so we should be excited. They won, and you know they did do some good things. But it's the same team every week. 
Well, I'll push back on that slightly, Paul. I mean, that first drive was something we've not seen. I think they they showed some some explosiveness on that drive. Um, Deontay Johnson specifically made a couple of nice plays. I thought he was a big difference maker there. I think the running backs had their best night of the season. Um, Jalen Warren specifically had some explosive plays. I think Najee Harris had the one. Um, and, and I think that they had drives that were definitely undone by execution, some Kenny Pickett overthrows. And again, that George Pickens, um, you know, failing to get the second foot down. But I, it, it, it's not hard for me to imagine them scoring 30 points tonight if a couple um, plays go their way. Um, so you don't strike any extra level of optimism from, from what you saw tonight compared to what you've seen. Um, just I, I thought it was their best game offensively of the season in, in terms of the game plan. Um, in terms of setting guys up in, in positions to have success, and they just didn't make the plays to put this game away early. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I have a slightly different opinion. Of I thought this was more encouraging than what we've seen for at least a month here. Well, I mean, again, they did run the ball better. So you're right there. They did run the ball better. They got more out of their run game than they have, and, and, and so that's that's great. Um, you know, they did actually score on their first drive, which is something completely different than anything they've done all year. But again, I, I, I take it like this. I think Tennessee stinks. So I can't get all that excited about beating them by four points, eking out a win at by four points and say, it's anything different than what we've seen. Um, you know, they, 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 they ran the ball better and that was good. So when they're running the ball good, you know what? All of a sudden now all the little rollouts and all the little play action stuff and all the stuff they're trying to do, uh, all that stuff is going to work a lot better. But um, to me, it's just just so painful to watch this team play. All these games are are, (laughs) – they're just not that interesting to me, Adam. I wish they were. I wish I could get excited about it. They're just not that interesting to me. I I said to Brian Batko about it midway through the third quarter. This is the exact same game we've watched I don't know how many times in a row – the exact same game. I guarantee you the Steelers are going to score late, and and Tennessee might have one more, one shot at the end, and they'll fall short, and everyone will be excited again. It's the same exact game. So give the Steelers credit. They find ways to win. They find ways to beat these teams they're supposed to beat at home. But in terms of what I saw, in terms of a step forward, I just don't know. I mean, I guess they. You want to, if you're looking for a step forward, they ran the ball pretty well today, so that was good. They, uh, the both running backs, I think, averaged more than five yards a carry. That was good. Um, but if, if and if they can build on that, that that'll be something that'll be, you know, that 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 will be worthy of discussing. But for for the most part, it just kind of looks like the same game over and over and over again. Paul, I want to dig more into what the offense did tonight in a minute. Before we get too far into the show, though, I just want to thank our sponsor for this episode of our YouTube show and podcast, uh, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Paul, um, it was a great night for Deontay Johnson. Not a great night for George Pickens. He was made invisible by this Tennessee uh, defense for most of the night. But uh, Deontay Johnson has stepped up now, I think, in, in two of the three games since he's returned. 
uh, since he's returned from injury. If he's this guy for the rest of the season, how big of a difference does that make for this offense? Well, it helps. I mean, he, he made some big catches and, and things of the such. It helps he runs pretty good routes. You know, he's able to catch the ball. Uh, it gives them another option. And so if they want to do all the things they do to try to take away George Pickens, you know, you still have another option to throw the ball on the other side of the field. I think he's actually a pretty good uh, player. I think he's he finally got into the end zone, although, you know, that was uh, that was 110% on Matt Canada. That was actually a really good design, well-designed play and, and an easy throw and catch. Uh, we don't see nearly enough of that in this offense where you had nice, easy throw and catch like that where a guy's wide open. But he finally got into the end zone. I mean, obviously, he changes everything uh, because you have one extra guy. Uh, now you have another guy that can actually make plays. Now when they try and take away George Pickens, you know, the only thing I will say about that is I don't know how many more weeks they can go if they, if they have a couple more weeks like this where George Pickens doesn't get a lot of work. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the kind of guy that's going to be really okay with that. But hey, it, it, right? If you're the if you're the guy they're going to cover, you got to be a good teammate. You know, keep running your routes hard and keep getting yourself out there. Be happy that your other guy, you know, that your other teammate, because that's what happens. And then the more Deontay Johnson catches, and the more that he is able to, you know, catch passes and all that other stuff. You know what? All of a sudden, they have to soften up what they're doing to try and take away George Pickens. Paul, we've got a couple comments back to back here in the uh, the chat. Cosmo says Pickett played hurt, and then Team Enriquez says Kenny is trash. So we have conflicting opinions on the game Kenny Pickett played tonight. Um, you know, given that he was injured Sunday against Jacksonville, uh, comes back pretty quickly. I think there were some people that were pretty surprised by that turnaround. Um, did you did you look at this game and say that guy is not 100% or did you look at it and said he's just missing throws? I mean, I tend to say he missed throws because, you know, if you're hurting, you're, you're overthrowing. You're putting a little too much on the ball, and, and, and I would not think that that's something that would happen if you have a rib injury. Uh, but what was your opinion on how, how Kenny Pickett played tonight and, and how that related to his injury? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I think I think he was the same guy he always is. Tough, resilient, gritty, right? He's going to miss some throws. He's going to miss some throws here and there. I'll be honest with you, you watch the ball come out of the hands and off the and off the arm of the other kid for uh, the Titans, it looks different. You know, Kenny is a, is a, is, a, is a tough Gritty, good leader, you know what I mean? Finds ways at the end of the games to win. But I think there's a limitation as to how good he actually can be. So I saw a guy tonight 
that really was kind of the same guy that we've seen. And I think that, you know, the Steelers are okay with that because the one thing he doesn't do that Mitch Trubisky does is turn the ball over. And, you know, what, what were the, what was the, uh, was it, was it, was there, was, what was the uh, turnovers tonight? There were no was turnovers one, tonight, Paul. None. One, one nothing, right? So Tennessee had one. Well, yes, Tennessee I guess had, that was the one at the end, yes. Right. I mean, the Steelers, if you look at the game, I bet you if you look at the games that they've won, the games that they've won. So what are they, five and three? I bet you look at the five games they've won, they probably have less than five turnovers in those five games. I would be willing to bet, right? Yeah, something like that's that. That's how they have to. That's how they. That's how they have to play. They, and so, when you play Kenny Pickett, you know that he's going to protect the football for the most part. And of course, you know people will point to the fact that Jacksonville should have had a pick six. Well, they won the game anyway, so it doesn't matter. The Raiders should have had a pick six. Well, they didn't. <laughs> so what? It doesn't matter. And there was one other team that he threw the ball right in between the you know the numbers of somebody that should have should have been an easy uh, pick six. But it doesn't matter. Point is, Kenny Pickett. If you look at it, what's he have? Two two turn uh, two two interceptions on the season, maybe something like that. You don't turn the ball over. You don't turn the ball over. And you run the ball decently, and you play good defense. In this league, guess what? You can win a lot of games against the mediocre and bad teams. That's one of the things that some of these teams haven't figured out yet. You know, if, if, if you if, if you want to win five games as your baseline, six games. As your baseline, don't turn it over. Run the ball with some degree of success, right? And play good defense. And then if you add Kenny Pickett's, you know, knack for being, making a few plays here and there down the stretch, guess what? You have a chance to win some games. So I didn't see it as him being any different than you know what he was. Like I said last week, when we watched Trevor Lawrence on that field, and we watched this kid Levis on the field. The arm looks completely different. When the ball is coming out of their their hands, those are two big-time arms, right, that, that, that those two guys have. You know, regardless of what you think of Levis, I don't know if he's going to be a great quarterback or not, but you watch him throw the ball here tonight in this, in this setting, and you watch how quickly he gets the ball down the field and the zip that he throws it with and all that other stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you really think about it, I mean, Kenny Pickett doesn't have that kind of arm. He doesn't have that kind of physical ability. So, uh, but what he does have is a lot of intangibles, and he has got. A, he's a leader, and he has a chance to go and get you to win the game. But the more important thing is, you know, it's a cliche, but he doesn't lose the game. You know, and so as long as he doesn't lose the game and doesn't turn it over and makes teams go, you know, the Steelers teams have to go the long field against the Steelers consistently. It's going to be hard to score enough points to win or at least enough points to pull away. Um, and that's really kind of what, you know, what, what it is when it comes to that. I mean, um, you, you have to be able to, uh, if you want to play great defense and all that other stuff and win that way, you can't give short fields. And the Steelers are pretty good at not giving short fields. Paul, what did you think of the offensive game plan tonight from Matt Canada? And what did you think from – I think this is one of the most overrated topics in football of whether the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator, any assistant coach is in the, in the booth or on the field. Um, There was a lot of talk about that before the game. The Steelers seem to think that it's the secret sauce. Um, I just think that the play calls were better, Paul. And, and that, that was why this offense was able to move a little bit better tonight compared to uh, past weeks. But what's your, 
what was your read on, on Matt Canada's involvement in this game um, and, and, and how his move affected it? Well, unless we find out someone else was calling the plays from up I don't, I don't think I think it's a big non-story. You know what I mean? I don't know why they had him down here. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the rationale. I'm sure we'll get it, but to me, I look at it as a big non-story. I really do. I, I think that Colin plays. You know, even if he's not upstairs, there's other guys upstairs on the offensive staff that can look down and see what they what what's going on and and see things and all that other stuff. Um, if he stays down there, that's wonderful. If he doesn't stay down there, that's wonderful too. I don't care. That's one of the biggest. I agree with you. That's one of the biggest non-stories uh, of the night. What was the other question you had there? Um, just about you know, the, regardless of where he was calling the plays, how how the offense looked tonight. No, I mean again, they 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 did what they have to do, right? In terms of uh, they ran it well, they. Short control. I mean, I don't between these two teams, I'll tell you what, between these two teams and these two offensive coordinators are a headache watching all the sideways passes and all the you know moronic ways we were going to run jet sweeps. I mean, the, the Titans had some of the stupidest plays I've ever seen. I actually feel like Matt Canada out was actually much better than the Titans offensive coordinator. And then Mike Vrabel. Okay, so it's third and six at about midfield. You have three timeouts, and you have the two-minute warning left. Third and six, you run up the middle with Derrick Henry, get about two yards to make it fourth and four. And then you try, and you go for it and try and throw a high-risk, you know, high-risk, you know, uh, high, high low. We lost Paul there for a second. I'm sure we'll get him back. Um, sometimes the Wi-Fi down at the North Shore uh, office of the Post Gazette is not always the most reliable in the world. Um, Paul, we got you back. Yeah, I'm here. I said no. what I said was that instead of punting the ball down, you know, kick you get a kick of the ball and giving the Steelers the ball on the five or the eight yard line or whatever it is, right? Instead of that, meaning when you stop them and use your three timeouts or whatever, okay. You get the ball back at about like the 45-yard line to start your final drive. I don't know. I, I don't understand what, what Mike Vrabel does sometimes. He, 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 to me, is like the ultimate in mediocrity. Uh, he's the kind of coach that he's a rah-rah guy. He's a tough guy, and he plays teams play tough and hard and all that other kind of stuff. But there's just a ceiling as to how good they're going to be. You know, it's it seems like with them, it's the same game every every time. But the Steelers did what they do. I mean, they 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 had a good game. To, but again, if they don't run the ball as well as they ran the ball, their game plan doesn't work. All of those short passes and all the you know, little rollouts and the little two yard dump offs and all that crap, it doesn't work if they're not running the football with with, with you know with authority. So if they're going to run the ball like that every week, yeah, that stuff will work. But if they, if they can't run the ball, it's going to be a really, really difficult thing to make that go because those two-yard passes and those passes behind the line of scrimmage and all that other stuff, they're not going anywhere. That's why I said, Adam, it's just so hard to watch this offense because every single thing is just so measured and calculated and slow and this and that. and Go down the field. One, I just, I mean, I'm not saying you got to make it. Big play after big play after big play, but uh, they they the team that 
is 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 really kind of difficult. Now the good news is though, uh, when you do that, you shorten games. I mean, it felt like how many? I mean, it felt like it really felt like both teams probably only had like seven possessions or seven or eight possessions, right? I mean, it felt like both teams held the ball forever. Yeah, it felt like a PJ Flex special whenever uh, yeah. he plays Minnesota. Um, Paul, the one of the big headlines right before kickoff was that Broderick Jones gets the start over Chuksakora for. I think, you know, you and I, when we've had these conversations about Broderick Jones, have, have talked a lot about Dan Moore Jr. And, and him being the guy that was vulnerable. In the end, it ends up being Chukes. Um, do you look at that decision tonight to go – because you were going to go to Broderick Jones at some point anyway. You invested a first-round pick in him. Um, it was going to happen. Do you look at Chukes being the guy as maybe a, a cap space play and saying – you know, Dan Moore Jr., we have him under a very reasonable contract for a couple more seasons. If we evaluate him as, you know, an equal to Chuksakora for, we'd rather keep Dan Moore Jr. out there than the guy we're paying a lot of money to and could maybe cut loose in the offseason. Um, or, or do you think Dan Moore Jr. earned this on merit and that Broderick Jones earned this on merit and that they've got their two best tackles out there? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I thought Chooks was banged up a little bit. I know he was in uniform, but apparently he had a little bit of an injury of some sort. Um, and so that's kind of why they went this direction. The feeling was they didn't want to weaken two of the t- both tackle spots. So they put Broderick Jones in at the right spot so Dan, Dan Moore could stay there. That being said, Adam, the way they ran the football tonight, I'm not sure why you would ever, ever, ever. Jones should, ne- should never come out of the lineup again. He shouldn't. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, if it's injury, uh, then he should basically Wally Pip Chuck Chooks a core for him. especially since he showed tonight that he can play the right side. He proved that tonight. He can play the right side, period. So I thought they ran the ball well. Um, you know, he had. I think it was him that got the stupid penalty. But at the end of the day, I thought he played well. And, and so if he plays well, and he's, there's no reason not to play him anymore. Best night, I think, of the season, excuse me, Paul, for the running backs. Um, regardless of the blocking, I think they looked a lot more elusive. They got a lot more um, after contact. Did you like them? And then the second question I had for you, Paul, before we wrap up on the offensive segment here is, uh, how is Connor Hayward getting this many passing routes? Um, I know Pat Fryermuth's out. You got, someone's got to be in there in that quote-unquote tight end role, but man, Connor Hayward's getting a lot of routes for a guy who's really not producing very much. Um, well, you know, I think one of the things Hayward is, uh, he is your basically, for better or worse, your pass catching tight end right now. I mean, that's what he is. Um, and, and I think until Fryermuth gets back, you know, he's just another weapon. They're going to try and keep working into the game a little bit. Uh, but to me, the running backs play like they played tonight. It changes the offense completely. I right? agree. Hey, Jalen Warren runs hard. Najee Harris had some good runs. I thought they were really good. 
Jalen Warren got a lot of yards after contact. I thought you know, Najee Harris got a lot of yards after contact. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know what? If they can do that every single night, that makes this team completely different animal than they are. Yeah, and uh, Mount Washington, as Joe Starkey likes to call him, Darnell Washington got that uh, big catch on that third down conversion. Um, nice play by him. Maybe I think Kirk Herbstreet on the Amazon broadcast was saying, hey, I mean, those were the types of plays he made. At Georgia, he wasn't Brock Bowers. He wasn't the guy who's going to put up a ton of stats, but you can use him very well situationally. He has the athleticism to do that. Um, so, you know, you, you've got to give him a shout-out for, for making that big play um, on one of those late drives. Paul, we're going to get to the defense here in a second. Just want to thank a couple more of our sponsor, sponsors. Goldberg, Persky, and White, first of all, if you're diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, Call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level of your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply at Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Paul, we've given Levi Wallace a lot of crap on our podcasts, um, on these post-game shows, on our Thursday shows. He came up big late with a couple of big stops there. First of all, what did you think of of him and and how he stepped up late in the game there? Yeah, he made some big plays. I thought all of their secondary guys made plays, right? I mean, I thought I thought all of their secondary guys made pretty big plays. Uh, you know, I thought Joey Porter played pretty well against DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Patrick Peterson made a couple of big plays, and Levi Wallace. You know what? Um, that's really what you want from a veteran. Those guys are going to battle and they're going to fight. We have not seen him win those kind of plays a lot this year. But to me, I thought the secondary actually played reasonably well. The one thing I didn't understand is, I, you know, I, I didn't think that they did a Tennessee did a good job of really um, uh, uh, capitalizing on some of the things that they did in the first half, throwing the football. Um, and so, to me, you know, they 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 kind of played right into the Steelers' hands. I thought the Steelers made some really good adjustments on defense and with their secondary because uh, you know a number of those throws down the field that Levis made in the first half were not open in the second half. So, you know. Levi Wallace is what he is. Patrick Peterson is what he is. I thought Joey Porter Jr. actually was not bad uh, in the entire game. I know he got the penalty at the end, but at the end of the day, um, I thought he played well. You know what, Adam? I thought their secondary played reasonably well tonight. Yeah, I did too. I mean, Joey Porter had those three penalties on that first drive too. Um, so I think he had four penalties on the night. I, I think only three were assessed because he had two on the one play on that first drive. So, um, definitely some, some mistakes there. I think the big critique on him has been tackling, um, and he missed that tackle, I think, on Hopkins early on as well that led to the face mask penalty. But on the whole, Paul, is he the best cover corner the Steelers have drafted for I don't know how long? Um, you know, maybe Ike Taylor's the only name that comes to mind. Of, yeah. of in, in terms of pure coverage as, as a rookie, um, I think there's a lot to be excited about there. Even on a night that I – don't think he had his best night. He still did great work in coverage on a guy who might be going to the Hall of Fame in DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I think it's a very low bar to achieve, isn't it? 
True. It's a very, I mean, they, they, they've been so bad at drafting corners. It's not just he's the best cover corner. He's the best corner that they've drafted probably since like Taylor. I mean, you go through the list. I mean, that list is, it reads like the list of guys who have started at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, really. If you think about the list of the guys that they've drafted at corner over the years, um, I think Joey Porter's pretty good. I do. I think he's a good player. I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Um, but I would say right now he's already better than probably 89, 80% of the quarters that they've drafted, uh, you know, and, 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 and right now. Um, and, and so a year from now, he'll be right there with Ike Taylor. Probably, uh, it'll, you know, he, he'll be the guy we're talking about that maybe is even better than Ike Taylor. So, um, yeah, I like what I've seen from him. I thought that he battled. And what I like about him is he's competitive. He battles. Even though, he, you know, he knew it was going to be a tough one, a tough uh, – he battled and battled and battled and battled and fought. And so uh, when he, you're as competitive as he is and you've got his physical tools and it seems like he's a guy who really wants to learn and get better, I think you've got – you know, the sky's the limit for him. I think he's got a chance to be really good. Paul, what do you think of Cam Hayward coming back off of injury tonight? Uh, he was involved on, I think, a lot of plays – um, what, what was your view of his impact on this game? Well, I mean, I thought he, he was, I thought he, you know, looked like a guy who hadn't played in a while, right? I mean, he made some plays. They took him out of the game for time, you know, for stretches. Uh, he made a pretty big play on a third down over on the other sideline from where we were, where we are on the Steelers, where, where we sit is being, you know, behind the Steelers bench. There was a play like over on the other sideline that he made. It was a pretty big play. I thought for the most part, he was pretty quiet tonight, to be honest. You know, really not many high-impact plays like you expect. Uh, but now he's got, you know, he's got back into the mix. He's gotten hit a few times, so to speak. He's gotten, that, you know, the rust off. And he's got seven or eight days now or whatever, to ten days now to, to you know, continue to get better, get back in shape a little bit more, get, get his timing back a little bit more, right, get some practices under his belt. And, uh, you know, I would expect that next week against Green Bay, He'll probably have a bigger impact on the game. But just having him back, obviously, is a good thing. Uh, you always like to get your good players back. But, 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 but overall, I thought it was kind of a quiet night for him. Steelers lose Cole Holcomb on an ugly injury. They didn't show it again on the Amazon broadcast. And uh, if, you're, if you're squeamish, don't look it up on Twitter. Um, I saw it earlier. It is, it is not the way a leg is supposed to bend. Um, Paul, what's the impact on this defense if – if they lose him for any period of time. I love Landon Roberts and what he's done in run defense. Uh, he had that one big play, I think, was it on the second to last drive or maybe the third to last drive? A big stuff on, I think, a second and five play that really set the Titans back. Um, but he's not as great in coverage, and, and Cole Holcomb's kind of been that do-everything guy. Um, listen, he's never gonna, he's not Ryan Shazier. He's not a superstar, but – He's been a useful piece for this this defense. What's the impact if they lose him uh, for a significant period of time here? Well, I mean, I would say that you lose you're losing maybe maybe your best inside linebacker. <laughs> that's I mean that's always significant. The thing I like about Cole Holcomb is the last three weeks he's really shown up. He has shown up on film. He's shown up against the run. He's made big plays. He's made high impact plays. He's made you know tackles for losses. He's made plays in coverage. Uh, he is really coming into his own as maybe one of their best, uh, you know, best defensive players in a lot, a lot of ways. And you lose him, 
And now you got to replace him with somebody who's not as good. That's the problem. Now, Landon Roberts has been okay. I think he's been, you know, he's been okay for them. Uh, but you, you don't want to lose a guy like Holcomb, who has been not just good, but he's been making high-impact plays, you know, plays that affect the game, big tackles, right? I just think he, he, he's the one – he's one of the guys you cannot lose or, or you know, didn't want to lose on this defense. So, um, you know, I don't know – I haven't heard what – it's a knee injury, but I haven't heard what is going on, uh, you know, in the, in the postgame, obviously, because I'm here. Yeah, well, uh, that'll definitely be something you want to keep an eye out for on the North Shore Drive with Christopher Carter on Friday. Um, all of, I, I believe either Brian Back or Ray Fittipaldo will be on that show. They will break all of that down with more information than we have right now. Um, Paul, uh, let's just wrap this up with, despite it all, despite these offensive struggles, despite injuries, uh, these Steelers are 5-3, and three, and this this schedule is not the most difficult over the next couple of weeks, uh, where what is your level of optimism that they can get to 10-11 wins here and, and be a playoff team in spite of the warts that, that you know, uh, listen, I get it. People people do not like what they've seen from this offense, but here they are. Um, what's your read on this team overall in the big picture? Well, I mean, I think they can get to I, – I expect them to get to 10 wins for the reason that we talked about. They know how to win these kind of games. They don't beat themselves, A, right? They play good defense. They stay in their lane. It's not fun to watch. I hate it. It's boring. I, I These games are boring to me. It's not really all that interesting. But guess what? You win a lot of games playing that way. If you, if you play good defense, you don't give up short fields, and you run the ball reasonably well, right? And you got a quarterback like Kenny Pickett who makes plays at the end of the game. You're going to win a lot of these games against bad teams. Here's what I would like to see, Greg. Next, the next time, well, I guess the next time we talk, it'll be, so, you know, Thursday in the midweek. But the next time we do this post game, you know what I'd like to be talking about? How they just came out and kicked Green Bay's ass up and down the field. You know, a bad team, pound them. You're at home, pound them. Then I'll feel good. But if we're talking about another game where they slop together, you know, for they slop around for 58 minutes and slop together some nonsensical, you know, last-minute drive to win, you know, by three points or something, I don't know that I'll find that all that significant. I want to see them. The next step for me is, okay, you're playing a bad team next week. Go out there and smack them around, you know? And you've got 10 days to prepare. You got ten days to prepare. You're at home. You're playing a bad team with a bad quarterback. Go win the game. You know, going away and 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 don't have to sweat. Yeah, I think that's going to be a real litmus test for this team and, and how far it can go. And if you win that game, Paul, you're at six wins, and you you only need what four to get to ten for the rest of the season. Um, with with a lot more winnable games still on that schedule, so um, I think it's a big game for them to to kind of keep pace. And yeah, you know, listen, if you get to six and three. Geez, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this Paul League. Buffalo is the one that I look at. Um, I think Cincinnati's on that list, even though they're, I think, finding finally rounding into form here and might be, you know, about to launch. Um, listen, the Steelers will be right there with those teams if they get that win against Green Bay. So I think that's a, a huge game for this team and its chances to roll into the postseason. Um, like we said, I'm going to wrap up here, Paul. Uh, please stay tuned on Friday morning. 
North Shore Drive with Christopher Carter. They'll be breaking this game down even further with a little more information than we have. Uh, we aren't in the locker room. We're not watching the postgame social media feeds. So um, make sure you're signed up for that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, please like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. And we will plan to talk to you again uh, next week after the uh, Green Bay Packers game that we mentioned. And Paul and I will be back Thursday uh, for Paul's weekly chat. We'll be talking Steelers and I'm sure plenty of college football. Um, Paul, thanks for stopping by, and I'll talk to you again soon. Hey, my man. Good night. Get some sleep. Yeah, we will do. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.